I play uh, Mike Sullivan, who's half of the duo with Steve Bedford. We sing happy songs, but we're not necessarily a happy couple. Oh, Steve, you lost some hair. We're trying to get them together for a reunion tour. Come on. That's right. Our songs. We have had an occasionally cantankerous relationship. Working with Bruce and Peter, the behind the scenes is just, it's a ball all the time. I saw your Oh, I didn't know you were born. This is a house called Big Red, and it's the site of our first big breakthrough concert. Mike Sullivan has kind of holed himself in there uh, for the last 10 years. Hey, Dad. Their memories of the house of Big Red were when they were all together and they were all happy, and it's before this all fell apart. It's touching. Heartfelt. Festive. That's classic Hallmark. One December night on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Welcome back to another Stocking Stuffer, Stocking Stuffer number two of season seven. Uh, so we're starting out the gate. We're going we're going big. We're going with the big stars in this one. And that also means the big guest stars. So welcome to my first guest star of the year, um, but by no means a new guest star to the show. Uh, we have with us the one and only, the head hauntress herself, Elizabeth Gray. Welcome. I am so honored to be here and talk about this movie in particular. Thank you for having me. Now, first off, let's tell the people what movie it is we're covering. We are covering One December Night, starring Peter Gallagher and the man god himself, Bruce Campbell. I, so. yeah, this, um, when this one was announced, it was certainly exciting because what a cast and the cast doesn't stop there, people. We also have Dee Dee Khan showing up, uh, and a few other people that you're like, oh, that person, oh, that person. Yeah. They oh. actually paid a budget for casting this time. I, I, I want to believe that. I mean, I don't yeah. think Peter Gallagher works cheap. Um, I mean, Bruce has a set stock price. He'll work. If you meet right. his price, he'll do anything. Yes. And I, <laughs> I have to believe, too, that as much as these movies, as we know, are not typically high budget, the actual production, we know, is a very comfortable thing, right? They're going to fly you out to somewhere very warm to to, to uh, film. They're going to probably put you up in a nice hotel. Craft services is probably always full. Like, you know, we've seen um, like a, a lot of female stars who have, have said how great Hallmark is to work with, that they give them a lot of time to do with their families whenever like women are pregnant um, and filming. They say the sh- like the show, the um, network has gone out of its way to really cater to them. So I have to think if they brought in Peter Gallagher and Bruce Campbell, like they gave these guys the penthouse, right, of like the Marriott uh, marquee that they were. Uh, you know, hold up in, you think? Uh, yeah, well, I did uh, some research online and I did find an interview with Bruce Campbell about this film and he talked about how great Hallmark was to him. Nice. So, well, especially so. if you're Bruce Campbell and like you're kind of used to probably like getting a really big paycheck to do one day's of work, except you're working with people that are fresh out of film school and don't know how to talk to grownups. Um, <laughs> I-, I would imagine that this if nothing else, even though the work might not be as interesting or challenging, the actual like living conditions are, are probably pretty pleasant. Uh, I would assume so. And it looked like it was nice and warm where they were. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, boy, was it. Yes. Nary a glove in sight. Uh, so a little bit of uh, kind of the little nitty gritty of this. This is directed by Claire Niederprum, 
who has a, a great name to try to stumble through. Um, so we have a female director, which is always nice. Uh, she has done a couple of other of these types of movies, none that I've seen. Written by Eric Brooks, who's written a few others of these movies. I think I might have seen A Country Christmas or one of the ones on his credits. I'm not sure. Uh, this is a 2021 new release, and it currently holds a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Well, so people love it. <laughs> indeed. That is probably like, again, I always laugh at the IMDb ratings, but I want to say that like most Oscar best pictures don't break seven. So, hey, one December night, you're already ahead of the curve. <laughs> I've actually seen better films this year from Hallmark. But that's okay. <laughs> Maybe they broke the seven point four. Yeah. Um, so now, of course, now Elizabeth, uh, let's before we dive into the movie, call me Liz. Call, call me Liz. Uh, let's talk about your feelings on the Hallmark Christmas movie. Now, again, you've been here before, so we know that you are no stranger to the genre. But uh, for those who haven't listened in a while, um, where do you fall on this genre as a whole? Um, I will say that I have grown over the years to appreciate it more because of your stocking stuffers, because I used to be completely reviled by them in the mm. lifetime, you know, hey, ooh, oh my God, because they're all the same, <laughs> yes, all they are. cookie cutter, you can take your gingerbread cookie cutter and punch out mm-hmm. the exact same film over and over again, but I've watched enough of these now because you, Emily, I do occasionally <laughs> find one I actually like. I am like, doing the devil's work. Oh, yes, you are. Um, like, I will say I saw Unexpected Christmas, which is a new one. And the female lead was really good in it. Nice. So, you know, it happens, you know. Sure. And I, of course, we did the Christmas Prince movies, which yes. are like the bomb. <laughs> I love those movies. But not because they're good, necessarily. I do admit to ironically watching them. But once in a while, they do surprise you. Like, Holly's Holiday is actually yeah. a generally good film. It's really funny. That, that, yeah. that is one. That's I have the list of like three or four that when I like want to be genuine and say like, okay, no, 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 these are actually entertaining. They are either funny or warm or um, will actually get to you. And Holly's Holiday is always at the top of the list. I mean, some of the misogyny in these movies is ridiculous. Yes. I mean, like the whole point of, oh, yeah, go to a small town, fall in love with your ex and uh, have babies. Yes. Even Don't though be they a surgeon. A, even though they life. have a huge yeah. career and are rocking it. Mm-hmm. You know, of course. Uh, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, and... It's also what makes this one, I think, in, in in a lot of ways, this is not one of the more interesting ones, even though there's a lot going on to make it seem like it's going to stand out. And it has a PG rating, which most of these oh, films are G. Wow, I didn't catch that. Yeah, because of the subject matter, because there are some actual, ch- quote, quote, adult themes <laughs> in this one. Cough, cough. They yeah. do talk about alcohol. I don't know if they ever actually use the word drunk, but they imply drunken follies at one point. Oh, they, 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 they do talk about alcohol and okay. some major incident, but we don't exactly know, but mm. they let down 40,000 people, so it must have been on stage. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have to, well, you know, but that's Peter Gallagher. So um. let's, let's dive into the plot. Do you want to give okay. kind of a quick summary? If it's okay to spoil because we sure, all know what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to spoil it. Okay, so we have our lead in need of a lesson, which we'll go into the trunk mm-hmm, soon, named Quinn Allen. She's a career woman. She's a, a she works for a record company and she's a burgeoning manager. She has her first person that she's managing this uh, Alaskan Native American girl who now lives in New York and plays 
guitar for money. Yeah, on the she corner. busts on the cleanest streets of New York you ever did see. Okay, I mean now don't I don't want to don't get me wrong, because I know for a fact and I know you know Emily that permits for street performers in New York is a rare and wonderful thing. Like those things are coveted, so I can't really dishonor it. But it seemed awful weird that she was playing outside the recording label's building. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I uh, like that she also was like auto tuning herself as she performed on the streets. But yeah, you know, not yeah, Oh my God, there's so much auto tuning. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. Okay, so um, her boss Diana calls her in um, and interviews her on a park bench in the middle of winter in New York That's with no scarves, <laughs> and um, says that I need you to go and deal with your. Uh, Peter Gallagher, who is, what's his name? Oh, yeah, Sullivan, Mike Sullivan, um, and get him to uh, play this reunion with his old folk singer, which they had a number one hit back in the day called One December Night. Mike, it's Mike, it's, it's Steve Bradford and Mike Sullivan. And Mike, Brad, Steve Bradford, I'm getting them confused already. Oh, it really doesn't matter if you do. Steve Bradford is Bruce Campbell and Mike Sullivan is is Peter Gallagher. And so she first says, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then the woman, call, Nyan, calls her out and says, hey, your dad is Mike Sullivan. <laughs> like, like, like she's been hiding this fact or something. So she eventually relents and goes to the small town, here we go, <gasps> of Pineville. No state. They didn't actually say where Pineville is. Um, so she goes to Pineville. She's going to be there for several weeks, actually. Um, and uh, she has to go and try to convince her father to uh, like perform in this reunion show with um, Steve Bedford, who haven't talked to each other in 10 years because of a huge falling out that had to do with her mom. Okay, dead parents. Dead parents, uh, yeah. de- uh, de- uh, Horrible death and a huge bunch of drinking and a bunch of other personal family damage um she goes to talk to her father it's not very successful she bumps into her old boyfriend who is actually steve bradford's um son who's also not having very much success getting his dad to behave and then she comes up with the great idea to switch dads Mm -hmm. because they like each other because they've always been good to each other so they switch dads and it actually kind of works and they're getting together and everything and there's like you know hijinks ensue um and of course you know eventually everyone plays the concert and everyone's in love happily ever after um the kiss comes early though oh my god it is so confusing that (laughs) they become a couple like okay first of all I'm going to say, I, I turn this movie on and I'm watching it. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. There's stuff going on. There's Peter Gallagher, there's Campbell. Eventually they're going to sing. This is great. I get to it like a commercial break and I go to fast forward it. And you know, like when you, when you finally, like you look at the running time and realize, I was like, oh my God, I've only been watching this movie for 20 minutes. This was one of those movies that I don't, I mean, again, all of these movies are exactly like 93 minutes. This one felt uh-huh. like it was five hours. <laughs> And maybe part of it is just the weird pacing, because halfway through the movie, Quinn and Jason are kissing. And I'm not used to that in my Hallmark it's, movies. It's exactly at the, I, I actually marked it this morning. It's exactly <gasps> at the 59-minute wow. mark. Wow. One, and this movie is one hour and 29. Yeah. So it's, you know, so it, it, there's still 20 minutes left of the film, and they're already making out, which well, is unusual for and, this. And, you know and it's a chase kiss but a little bit edgier than some because there actually is a kiss normally these movies are all build up and then at the very end the camera moves away from characters as their lips touch i want to say about these movies because i've watched a bunch of them over the thanksgiving weekend oh my god okay so there are hotter kisses in disney movies than these movies oh yeah I mean, like, like Belle 
and Beauty and the Beast has a hotter <laughs> kiss than like half the movies I saw. This well, week. and again, this might be the way you said this one was PG. Like there might be a, a like think of like the Hays Code where you had all of these really specific rules about what you could do. I'm sure Hallmark has a book that they give to every director, and it's like 900 pages long, and it has things like when characters kiss, their hands cannot touch below the waist, or their lips can touch but their lip can their upper lip cannot wrap around the other uh, partner's bottom lip like i have a feeling that there is actually a really strict guideline for what can and can't be shown <laughs> there must be so yeah. uh so quinn quinn you know and she gets her and actually the one cool thing about this is that she actually gets gets her job because she successfully gets the reunion uh, yeah. so she actually doesn't have to quit her career true, which is true. this nice, is not punishing right? her for for working which is nice no, no she's gonna not go i mean she still might go to the small town and make babies but now with the internet you know anything's possible this so. is true yeah so let's dive in because let's t- talk about quinn so quinn yes. is played by eloise mumford who um I was trying to, like, it was killing me. I'm like, what, what have I seen her in? And, of course, every time I ask that question, and it's, like, a young, attractive actor, of course they were in an episode of Law and Order SVU, and that's what I was thinking of her from. <laughs> okay. Of course. Of course. And, and, and it's funny, because, actually, there's not just her that needs a lesson. There's, like, a several people that need to lead lessons. Her main lesson is is reconnecting with her father. and But there's also... Like her, her love interest needs to reconnect with his father, um, even though they're working together. He manages, you know, his father. Um, and there's also this whole thing about reconnecting to the love of music. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so. oh man, there's so much going on. Um, because it, the beautiful irony of the difference between Peter Gallagher and Bruce Campbell is that. Like, basically, Peter Gallagher was the artist, and Bruce Campbell was kind of the, um, I don't know, celebrity. Like, Bruce Campbell is the one that ended up taking all the rights and selling bobbleheads and kind of merchandising everything, whereas Peter Gallagher, like, didn't want to sell out to the man. And the idea of a movie, um, like, complaining about commercialism... And airing on the Hallmark Channel, uh, a channel that exists, that is based on greeting cards. And decorations. And then turned into a store, because there was more money in that, is just a beautiful thing. Um, (laughs) But so, uh, Eloise, no, Quinn. So, I mean, you kind of hit on, like, what, I I guess the lesson was connecting with her dad. Because the best thing about this is, like, I wrote in my notes, if if you admit you're a workaholic and talk about and like call yourself a workaholic are you a workaholic you, like isn't it like that catch 22 like first of all it doesn't seem seem like she's that like crazy workaholic um no <laughs> but like she's like oh i never finished filling out my dating app because i like to work so much it's like a, a, you do okay because you're not that good at your jobs so that's all interesting right, yeah. but all right you, you do yeah. you Quinn. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's there's this reconnecting with your father, and you know, and she also uh, she also has to learn forgiveness. That might be the real lesson okay. involved, All right. because that's involved with the reconnection. Because she's really mad at her father. She hasn't talked to him for ten years either. Yeah. Uh, I, so, why is she mad at him again? Oh, because when her mom died, he was drunk in an alleyway somewhere, oh. and, and she was. 12 and never and was alone and never uh, okay you know. fine she has a yeah. reason yeah <laughs> fine if you want to do it that way yeah yeah so there we go uh, right. it, it's not she's really of all these women 
she really doesn't have a lot conflicted and she's not one of these people even though she loves christmas she doesn't force christmas on other people except for one person um uh, well now i take it back she does force christmas on a lot of people not a few yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she's very middle of the road for me um yeah. and that is both i think the actor and the character like it's i get that she is kind of not the star of this movie but I wish the movie decided that more, um, uh, what's the word, more decisively. <laughs> um, because I think this could have just been the Bruce Campbell, Peter Gallagher show, and that would have been fun. I would have watched that for yeah. hours. Like, especially the, the scenes with them together. There's actually a popping chemistry between them. Oh, two totally, I yeah. I didn't know they had, so well, that was I, awesome. I th- I think these are, t- I mean, Bruce Campbell obviously is just a joy, right? And he's a guy that, that made his living on being entertaining to watch, even if he wasn't in the best material. Well, well, Peter Gallagher is a seasoned singer and a Broadway star. And you have Bruce Campbell, who's not a great singer, but has an okay voice and knows how to play the guitar. Mm -hmm. They both are, and he also is one of those, like, you know, give him a top hat and a cane and he'll do it. He'll, yeah, he'll make a show. Yeah, so between the two of them, they they know how to, like, they know what they, they their wheelhouse is met in this movie. And this I is, will say is, something yeah. about Peter Gallagher that I realized. I think. Um, do you watch or have? Did you watch because it got canceled? Zoe's extraordinary playlist. I have not seen it yet. No, oh, it's on, I, it's I think you would actually really like it. it. Um, it's it's very good. It's 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 a little up and down, but it's only two seasons, so you don't even have that much to watch of it. Um, he he's great on the show, and he's very heartbreaking because he's playing a a very very tragic character. But something that I really realized watching that, and then I saw him on Broadway a few years ago. I saw him on the twenty on on the twentieth century, where he was supposed to be doing that show with Kristen Chenoweth. The day I went to see it, she was sick. But something that I really realized watching that was, wow, Peter Gallagher is one of those actor, one of those really generous actors who knows how to get chemistry with any of his co-stars. I would believe that. And, and believe me, there's a lot of heavy lifting for Bruce and Peter. Yes, yes. And I think that's the thing, like his scenes with, um, with Quinn, which and is always extraordinary playlist. He has a lot of scenes with, with Zoe and that, like he is really watchable. And I think he gets a lot out of her as an actor by just being Peter Gallagher. Like he's able to be genuine, even when he's reading very stupid lines. I'm sure this was a nice, easy paycheck. For oh, completely. Yes, yes. So we go. All right. So we, should we go on to number two? Yeah, our setting. Um, we, oh. have, we have a kind of bonus because we get two here, do we not? Well, we get the the, the typical establishing shots yep. of New York, uh-huh. which is always in the beginning of these films. So I will say this year, a lot of the movies are taking place in Chicago. So it's a little bit of a divergence. So, But this, this one's in New York for sure. <laughs> sure it is. And, and then, of course, the sm- she the the career woman going to the small town. That's mm-hmm, still And Then we go to Pineville. Pineville. Now, something I really loved, like th- again, this is not one of the the better Hallmark movies. And my no. favorite, like epitome of, if I had to pull something out to explain to somebody something about this movie that doesn't really work. So, you know, she's coming from New York and she bumps into somebody she knows and they say, this is the, this is the dialogue. This is as interesting and creative as a dialogue gets. How are you enjoying life in the Big Apple? It's big, all right. And that's all they have to say about New York City. They call uh, it the Big Apple. It's big. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, you know, in a weird way, and this is where my horror geekness is coming in, Fulci and Hallmark movies have a lot in common. <laughs> 
because they all start in New York and then shoot somewhere weird. Yep. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of this movie, by the way, I looked it up, was filmed in Goshen, New York, which is not too far from me, I think. I think that's, it's upstate, but it's lower upstate. I think it's um, lower, like in the Sleepy Hollow area. Um, It is, uh, it is, Poughkeepsie, Newburgh area. Yeah, it is, uh, it's, it's fairly close to me. Yeah, so the Tappan's the, uh, yeah. you know, there's a lot have of to cool do stuff a drive and, and find the filming sites. So I didn't oh, know but... they were filming just so close geographically. How exciting. Oh, oh boy. All right, <laughs> let's move on to our bland love interests. Oh, God, and is he bland? <sighs> He's a little handsomer than some of the others in this movie. Now, uh, did, um, now, I recognized him, but here's what's so fascinating about this. I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, I guess he looks familiar. I've probably seen him in other Hallmark movies. And then I look him up, I'm like, oh, no, that's Grant Ward from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show I watched every episode of. See, and I have only watched a couple episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I didn't have any frame but for reference. But here's the fascinating thing. Having watched that show for years and years and years, I still didn't, it didn't click to me. Because that's how bland he is, kind of, in both of those shows. But what's funny on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, and I will not spoil the show, although at this point the show's been, you know, this is what's happening in the first season. The first season, like, the criticism is, like, oh, like, some of the characters are, like, especially his character, are a little blah. Um, and then there's a big reveal where you're like, oh, no, that was the point of it. Great. But the problem is he's still kind of blah, even when he got to do more with his character. And the fact that, like, I stared at, like, I must have watched this man's face for, like, I don't know, probably, like, 50 hours of television, and I still didn't make the connection. So his name in the movie, just we got to remind people because this is hysterical. First of all, it's Jason Bradford because he's uh, he's Bruce Campbell's son in the movie, which, by the way, I would be in Bruce Campbell's constantly annoyed with him. And if I had him as a son, I'd probably constantly and I was Bruce Campbell. I'd probably be annoyed with him, too. But he has this nickname that's just awful. His name is Jay Buck. <laughs> and of course he's a childhood friend of our lead because mm-hmm. you know they have a cool father remember everybody the first the first person you ever had a crush on that is actually who you were meant to be with exactly well yeah we won't go there exactly anyway. indeed oh <laughs> but yeah so he's i mean he is the epitome of bland and i agree he is he is a good looking man he's just still um not not much to write home about. You know, most of these films, with the exceptions of one or two, you get to take any of the guys and just replace them oh, and yeah, shuffle, shuffle them around. around. It Agreed. really, really, yeah. seriously. <laughs> Agreed. Oh. Now, uh, number four is our montage. Montage. And there actually the is two. There's the establishing mm-hmm. New York one, but the best, the two-week rehearsing the big concert decorating Christmas montage. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a big one because you have um, her, uh, Quinn's client or Clint, whatever you call them or the talent singing. Everybody's decorating and like giggling at each other as they decorate. The band's playing. Nobody is wearing gloves, even though it's supposed to be very cold. Yeah. No scarves to be no found scarves, in no this scarves. movie. Yeah. I, I think I saw maybe two people wear a scarf in this film. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> um, I did like that the opening credits, we had the New York montage, but we also had... A, and this was like one of those things that got me excited because I'm like, oh, I've never seen a Hallmark movie start this way because it opens with a recap of the band's career, right? And it's almost like a behind the music sort of thing where they're showing stills and how they broke up and all these like very hastily put together promotional stills that Peter Gallagher and Bruce Campbell had to do. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is something. And then we just don't never get back to that grit. But, you know, 
It, well, it's just to set up what's to come because yes, after all, it's so, so complicated, right? Yeah. So. Now, on that note, number five, our dead parents. Oh, yeah. My favorite one. Yep. My daughter and I always now, we look for the dead parents in these movies. And, and uh, oh, my God, do they not shut up about the mom, Victoria, Quinn's mother? I actually was getting kind of wigged out, like, how many, what people were saying about her. I mean, was she... It was a little Rebecca-like, now that you mention it. Yeah, like... Right? This, like, specter of a woman who still has power over everybody. And she's neurotic, clearly. It sounded like she was a bit neurotic. I mean, of course, you know, and and, uh, it also, like, like... Steve Bedford, Bruce Campbell's character, was obsessed with her too. Yeah, and, a little bit of Lily. So, so his on. his wife divorced him. Oh. Uh, they actually, so there's only one dead parent in this, which parent. is uh, yeah, because mostly this is about reconnecting with parents. Right, right. But, Although we do have, um, St- again, I'm just keep calling him Bruce because I can't remember if if he's Stephen or Mark or Mike or whatever the other <laughs> name is. But um, Bruce Campbell is uh, dealing with Alzheimer's. So there is the uh, specter of dead parent number two haunting the movie, if you will. Yeah, there's going to be a future dead That's parent. That's right. Bruce Campbell. Um, I will talk about that a little bit later in the sage old person because okay. you know because I have some issues with Bruce Campbell getting Alzheimer's. Fair anyway, enough. So, um, so uh, uh, Victoria. She's not in the movie, but boy, does she, like, the entire town seems obsessed with this woman. I, I don't know. It, it is. You're right. No, it's creepy. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Like, it's like, I, I mean, there's so many dead parents in these movies. Like, almost, like, 90% of them have dead parents somewhere. But this one, it really kind of put me off a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> so. I uh, now, on that note, this one for me was a hard one. Our sassy sidekick. There isn't really any sassy sidekicks. There's, there's like three, there's a bunch of half sassy sidekicks. Yeah, and, and there's two in particular that come up. Um, you know, the ones that I wrote down was folk singer, singer Addison Page, mm-hmm. but she's not really sassy. And then there's... Well, um, like, I don't know, she like eats pumpkin pie and, and makes, uh, seems cool, but yeah. And and yeah. and she is a person of color in a movie where, of course, there are no other people of color. Which is often what where that where the 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 person of color often ends up in the sassy sidekick role, even if they do not belong there. There's also the nephew of Diana Carter yeah. who is producing let's, the film. Let's talk about this guy. So, <laughs> um, there, there's things going on here. This guy is you would recognize him because like he's I got did. a weird look. He's on what is it, Criminal Minds? One of those Something shows. Like that. Yeah, he 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 does a lot of TV, like a lot of TV. Yeah, I, Andrew I Durand is his name. But I didn't remember anything he was actually in he's in he's either like csi or criminal minds one of those shows where like he's a weird little lab guy i think mm-hmm. and th- this movie does something very strange because they introduce him and he is quinn's boss's nephew and it's very like oh he's in charge i roll fan to the kid who's clearly in over his head seems like a little rich boy except and in the first scene he's kind of like like that that type but then by the next scene, he's like, oh, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. So just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And so what's the point of that? It seems like they could have gone the direction of whiny rich boy who learns a lesson or just like 
I don't know, like guy in over his head who just ends up being a part of the story. And it seems like at one point I'm like, oh, are they trying to pair him off with Addison? Because they're, I guess, closer in age and they seem to be together, like in a scene, which in this in movies means they're in love the same way. If a woman vomits, it means she's pregnant. If she throws up, if she um, coughs blood, it's tuberculosis, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just don't define him. Like, why is this man in this movie? I don't understand I, I it. have a theory because um, and we'll talk about this again because age, sage old person is going to be an unusual category. All, yes, yes, around. very much. Her, him and Addison both at one point dropped a pearl of wisdom mm. to our leads. Um, and so I think that's all they're there for. Okay. You know, uh, you know, because by the end of it, he's actually relatively confident and actually totally. runs the show. Yeah. Okay, so he, there's a learning curve in a story arc for him. But it's I mean, just this odd thing where it's like he's not a nobody. Like you know, he has a picture on IMDb. He has a career. He is somewhat recognizable. Why is he in this Hallmark movie? He's like a little bit too big to be in this kind of part in a movie like this. So I just don't get it. Like, I almost wondered, I'm like, is he the, the producer's nephew? Like, is that also a thing in this world? <laughs> well, he made some money. Like I, I said, guess. they had money for, they, yeah. the casting budget was higher than normal. I always I suspect. <laughs> and now, do you put Didi Khan here or do you put her in Sage Old Person? I put her in Sage Old Person, um, but I put Diane Carter here, um, Quinn's boss. But honestly, oh no, she'd have to go into really the evil woman boss character at all. Yeah. I mean, she's I mean, she's introduced as like wearing a kind of not power suit, but like dressed very, um, like very smartly and clearly in charge of things. And like she walks in, there's like the devil wears Prada walks in and everybody like sits up at attention. So I think she is meant to be the, you know, figure of fear. But like, she's fine. Like, she's not really evil in any way. She no, just she, she helps her nephew. Yeah. She she helped and, and she's supportive of... As a matter of fact, this is not even her her company doing this. This is somebody else's company and she's doing them a quid pro quo. Right. Remember? You know, uh, yeah, she's actually a very good boss because she is very supportive of Quinn's career. Yeah, and she, even though she, she was kind of like, you know, a little bit like turn it down, but no, she, she seems to be very supportive of her career and and when when uh, when Quinn asks an inappropriate question, she goes, "I don't feel comfortable answering that." You know, uh, you know. It's, yeah, she, there she is always... good leadership skills on display here, uh, and and she gives Quinn her dream job. So you know, there. Yeah. I I can't honestly say that she's an evil woman, but she is a, a boss woman. Yes, yes, definitely a boss woman. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> a boss woman. Yes. Um. So now number eight is our slapstick. Yes. Uh, which. Uh, I mean, I, I only clocked one main thing. Yeah, I, me too. Okay, was it the the wrestling photo shoot? Yeah, the fighting people with candy canes and trashing the photo set. Yeah, that was what I wrote down. Like, there's an inflatable <laughs> so. snowman that gets deflated because Bruce Campbell and Peter Gallagher are fighting with candy canes, and this was one of those things where it definitely felt like a bit of a like, oh yeah, this this is a Hallmark movie because you know they only had one take. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, you know, um, their names in, in the folk singer is Bedford and Sullivan. And I want to say I'm pretty sure whoever wrote the screenplay was shouting out to Gilbert and Sullivan because Gilbert and Sullivan 
fought like cats and dogs, just wow. like these two did. Um, but they collaborated on some of the greatest music of their generation. So I, I think that was kind of that's why they're called Bedford. Nice. That's and my theory. Bedford, what isn't Be- is Bedford the name in um, It's a Wonderful Life, Bedford Falls? Yes, okay. that is right. Hey. So that could be a Christmas name. Oh, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. I know, because I don't think I had one from there. So now no. we're going to go Making it up as we go along. I like it. I like it. This is how we know you're a three-time guest star. Four-time? Three-time. Four-time. Um, this will be my fourth. Yay! Actually. Four times. Because we did all three of the uh, Christmas Christmas movies. princes and then Santa Joss. And then we That's did right. Santa Joss. So this is actually my fifth. Fifth. Oh, wow. I can't do math. Oh, my gosh. How about that? All right, so here's the big one, Sage Old Person. Sage Old Person. Okay, so there's a, a ton of Sage Old Persons, so but none of them, people. and they all drop some p- pearls of wisdom. There's lots of pearls point. of wisdoms, yeah. Uh, Bruce Campbell, obviously. I mean, come on. He should have been the main Sage Old Person, but he was not. Uh, Peter Gallagher's character drops a lot more wisdom uh, on the story than, than – uh, Bruce Campbell does. Um, Dee Dee Khan, who played Frenchie mm-hmm. in Greece, makes an appearance and she yep. drops a very two strategic pearls of wisdom. And then we have Beth Fowler, who was yep. in Sister Act 2, by the way. And you know why that's important to me? My mom was in Sister Act 2. <gasps> what? Yeah, she was one of the people. She was an extra in that movie. So she sat there and watched them perform for three days. Nice. So. So, yeah, so Beth Fowler, who also, I believe, was in Orange is the New Black. Yep, yep, and she's a big Broadway person. She's, you know, long, long career. I think I've even seen her on Broadway. I think Um, I saw her in Boy from Oz, maybe. Yeah, I missed Boy from Oz, and I'm still kicking myself to this day for that. Um, So I was living in New York at the time. You think I would have gone. So, uh, but Beth Fowler's in it. She drops some pearls of wisdom. She reminds them about the music. It's all All about about the music. music. So does Dee Dee. Dee Dee also goes it's about their music it's not about the and like, this is touristy town apparently and we hear their music i think although i didn't write anything down about it because that's how memorable it is <laughs> well we'll get to their music in a few minutes because that'll be definitely part of the bonus round okay right? so um but yeah uh, but okay so bruce campbell can't be the sage old person because he actually has alzheimer's um, and, and first of all, like, first of all, I, he did a really good job at playing early onset. I, I give him credit for that. Um, so I, I was very sad and, and pleased, but I don't want to be in a world where I know that Bruce Campbell is dying and his brain is going away. That just bothers me Fair. immensely. Yeah, yeah. Nothing um, any of us want to think about. Yeah. And I also, you know, uh, we'll, I'll, I'll save this for this, for the weather. I, I want to give a shout out to Peter Gallagher's acting in the movie. <laughs> Um, but I will I will hold off on that for I a gotcha. few minutes. Yeah. So, all right. So, the, and, and, and we'll just have to excise number 10 because there's, yeah, there's no, no Santa, Claus. Santa Claus. I'm telling you, my, my quest for the rest of this season is to find a good Santa Claus. Uh, but, but uh, like, not a, like, uh, kid Santa Claus movie. Like, to find a cozy cardigan Christmas that has a Santa Claus. Because I oh, feel like the last two years it, I, I can't find you. one. Absolutely have it for you. Okay. CEO for Christmas. CEO for Christmas. Okay. Absolutely. There's a Nicholas, and he sometimes wears a Santa suit. He mm. sometimes doesn't, but he still calls himself Santa Claus, even when he's not in the suit. So right. this is uh, definitely okay. CEO for Christmas. Thank you. you gotta- Thank you. Important. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, so moving on, before we get to the bonus round, I do have the note about the COVID watch. Um, do you, uh-huh. did you catch, clock anything that told you this, yeah. was, this was made now? 
yes, they're and but they were very good at hiding it. So I give them credit for that. But if you watch a, anything with a crowd scene mm. where they're standing, like a, the one that comes to mind was the tree lighting in particular, you'll notice there's some forced perspective going on. And that's yeah. very clever because the people, the main characters in the foreground, you can see all the extras are clearly set back. Yep. So I think that was really the only major clue. I mean, because truthfully, most of the scenes take place with only two people anyways. Yeah. And just, it was never going to be, you know, um, calling up a million extras for the big band scene. So, yeah. Nah. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. But now the fun part, the bonus round, public oh. hol- domain holiday songs. Okay. So I only clocked one. I clocked Joy to the World. I clocked I two. There's one more. A good old St. Nick public domain. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Is, is that the same as up on a housetop? Up on the house, up reindeer, reindeer Paul. Yeah, yeah. Little Santa Claus. Yes. Okay. Okay. So there's two. I, yeah. I wrote that down too, but I wasn't sure. And they, but they actually paid for music. I think on this one. Oh yeah. There's. Reasons. I want to say that somebody in the beginning gets a credit as like original music by. Yeah. Well, there's two original songs in the movie. Yeah. Uh, one it was and um, Christmas Baby Please Come Home. It's the Mariah Carey version. So they had to actually oh, pay the oh, money for that. Yeah, that can't so, be cheap. Yeah, so and they even mentioned Mariah Carey once in the movie. Yep, they do. So, um, so they actually paid for the music, and we have two really bland folk songs at the end of this oh, no. movie: "Coming Home," which is like the lamest folk song I think I've ever heard, and then um, "One December Night," which is the big finale, well, of course. And so. that's what surprised me because I started thinking. Um, so I have, you know, I I always keep product placement on here, which doesn't come up nearly as much as it used to. But I was thinking back because I didn't write anything down for this. And then I'm like, wait, surely this movie ended with them like trying to sell the CD or digital download of these songs. But I don't even think it did. Well, um, I did release see that they released um, One December Night as okay. a single. OK. Um, but but the coming home was the, the press all says previously unreleased single coming home. So I don't know what that means. Um, you know, I will say um this is what annoyed me a little bit. Peter Gallagher is doing his own singing. Okay, oh, that's yeah. not annoying. That's good. Bruce Campbell, no. Oh, <laughs> he's not doing his own singing, um, and which is annoying because, like I said, he's actually he's not a great singer. Like Peter Gallagher is a really good singer. Yeah, and Peter Gallagher is a trained professional Broadway singer. Bruce Campbell can hold a tune enough to probably do a two part harmony, um, and he can play guitar. So, uh, matter of fact, he made jokes on his interview I read where it was because Gallagher doesn't play guitar and he had to show <laughs> Gallagher how to play guitar. <laughs> Cute. The, so, I thought that was funny. Nice. So. Let's see. So, that no other product placement then, although, again, the irony of a movie about a guy against commercialism airing on Hallmark. Yeah. No. Uh, so, Cloying Child, were there, was there a single child in this movie? Well, there was the kids' choir, but no, no main characters with kids That's this right. time around. Yeah, yeah, None. yeah. No, there's a bunch of no on that. I was yeah. really surprised there was no cloying child. And believe me, there's I've watched plenty with cloying children on this oh, one. This year is filled with them. Um, so, yeah. No, no. No. So it's a nice relief. Yeah, no kids. Yeah. Good. So we, we don't get ice skating, but we do get another winter activity involving ice. Ice fishing. Ice fishing. Oh, my God. But we never actually see them ice fishing. No. We constantly talk about it. Yeah. And it's like the way they met, I guess, apparently. So, yeah. And there's also, if you want to talk about, like, oh, Christmas-related winter stuff, there's also a, a baking scene. True. 
True. Yeah. Yes. So yes. we got baking. Yeah. <laughs> we got baking. We got baking. <laughs> Woo! Uh, bad short cook. They, they may even make jokes about it all through. Like bad short. Um, was it shortbread cookies? And they're dry. They make jokes about it constantly in the movie. Ooh, dry shortbread cookie is a good drag yeah. name. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like it. Mm. Who wants that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a character with a Christmas name, I don't. We we don't get, but we have towns with Christmas. Or we well, yes, actually, no. So we said Bedford, Bedford, Bedford. Falls, mm-hmm. and the town of Pineville, which nope. pine trees, right? But that's about it. I mean, yeah. obviously, the album is called One December Night, right, right. so that's a reference to Christmas. But yes. no, there's not many names for yeah, Christmas yeah. this time. So. All right. But we do get uh, so a Christmas tree lighting or finding the perfect tree. Um, yes, we actually kind of oh get both. Oh my god, do we get so much decorating in this yeah, movie? We do. Like, have you seen? Okay, you didn't talk. You said there's no product placement, but everybody is decked out in Hallmark ornaments. Yeah. Um, and Christmas greens and Christmas trees and our late characters constantly decorating everything. Yep. So I even think she carries in a bag at one point. Well, <laughs> considering it's like 95 degrees outside when they're filming, like I think they really had to like channel that Christmas spirit one way or another. Yeah, <laughs> it was like really funny how yeah. how much I've I've seen a lot of decorating montages in these movies, and I think uh, this might have been the most decorations I've seen decorating scenes I've seen in a movie on these ones, and that's saying a lot. Yes, yes, agreed. <laughs> All right. So no real karaoke, but we do have lip syncing by by Bruce Campbell. Um, But now let us come to the, uh, er, I'm declaring it, the early winner of the bad empty coffee cup acting. Oh my God. Has to go to Eloise Mumford, who has apparently never practiced acting with an empty coffee cup. And she does it four times. Oh my God. (laughs) I, I have never I, I that was my first note to you. I was yeah. like, oh my god, the the cup ca- the the coffee cup acting it, in this it, one is yeah. epic. Well, and I mean the opening scene, the very first shot is her getting coffee and just like people. flinging it around, just you know holding two cups she, of coffee and like in one hand uh-huh, and just swinging uh-huh. it around like like it's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. Later she buys cider with her bland love interest and they actually cheers and clink and you can yeah. hear the you just hear noise. you hear. Like, like they don't yeah. even take no. the full. They didn't even fully that out. No, mix. no. She puts the cup care. on the table, and again, you just hear like the echo, echo, echo. I, yeah. I will say, Bruce Campbell and uh, uh, Peter Gallagher have open empty cups at once, and they do way better. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Gallagher has all that, like again, law and order practice of how to how to handle an empty coffee cup. But, I, I, I'm serious. Like the, the the I would say that the acting between the two those two saved this movie from being so much worse. Very like, much. Yeah. No. I I don't want to think of living in a world where this movie exists without Peter Gallagher and Bruce Campbell. No, and you know, I, I also want to shout out though to the bobblehead scene while we're thinking about it mm. because you know Bruce Campbell is a bobblehead, <laughs> so he's been in many many bobbleheads. I think I even have a Bruce Campbell bobblehead. Yes, there's, there's probably like twelve different ones with every release, every time an angel sings, and they have a yet another new special edition DVD Blu-ray release of Evil Dead. Uh, probably comes with a new bobblehead. So. 
I, I had the one from Army of Darkness with his face as he was pulling it out of the uh, the fake Necromonicon nice, in the gar- nice. in the in the cemetery. So I, I mean, I'm very very. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, oh, a bobblehead. <laughs> you know, I was like, I look great as a bobblehead. We go, we know. Like, we yeah, know obviously. <laughs> There's like <laughs> so, 35 different Funko Pops of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No karaoke, just bobbleheads. No karaoke, but but many bobbleheads, yes, and yes. and terrible coffee cup acting. Oh my god, the coffee cup acting! God, I, know, I mean, I seriously, know. I've I, I've never seen an actress like. I mean, at this point, is it just parody? I mean, they have to know. I know because it's not like if um. I remember there was an episode of BoJack Horseman where yes. he was doing like a Christmas-like movie, and it kind of starts with a career woman, and she's and the whole time she's just flinging a coffee cup around, and I'm like, oh man, they got like I finally saw a visual representation of somebody getting the joke. Um, and ever since then, I wonder, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if anybody would do it that intentionally. But man. Eloise Mumford, if you were trolling us with that, then well done to you, ma'am. But if you were not, like trolling, I hope so. For her own sake, as an actor, other like films that came out this year, and there was bad coffee cup holding, and it was so blatant. I'm like, at this point, they're just screwing with us, right? (laughs) Very much. Um, and no Canadianisms because it was filmed Not. in New York, but we're going to close out with the warm weather watch. Oh my God, was yeah. it summer? I mean, they really tried their damnedest with those establishing shots to make it look like Christmas, Gosh. but nobody's wearing a scarf. Um, everyone's open face the whole time. Yep. I mean, my favorite I... is when one character is when like they're going ice fishing. And the one character is just wearing a long sleeve shirt with a vest, and the other character is wearing an open coat. And they're complaining about not having hats, but yet they're not even wearing gloves, and they are going fucking ice fishing. I have. Uh, I used to live on Lake Hopakong in New Jersey, and I used to watch the ice fishermen, and they're always layered up because yeah. ice fishermen is miserable. I'm a. I'm an actually avid fisherman. I love fishing. I hate ice fishing because <laughs> you sit on a bucket. It's windy, it's cold. You have to at least have two layers or you can't deal with it. And these guys are like, oh, we're ice fishing. Yay. (laughs) Oh, no, you don't have a hat. You don't know how to ice fish, even though I'm going to now tie my sneaker shoelaces with my bare hands. Have you ever tried to pick up a, a fish out of an out of a hole with your bare hands ice fishing? No, but you're making me want to. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you probably could. I mean, some people will, but no. No, just no. Yeah, <laughs> it no. was so bad. Like, like at one point, you could see that they clearly, like, like it, it's completely summer, and you could tell, but except for they sprayed some snow against the, sea, the walls, right, a little bit. This is where I want to give Peter Gallagher one more shout-out for his acting, because at one point, he goes to the trailers right before the show starts to find um, Bruce, and he actually is only wearing a leather jacket like that's it and jeans like and, and i think he realized it because he holds his arms up high and folds them which is what you do when you're cold true true so bruce Cam- uh, i would say peter once again bruce campbell and peter gallagher saves this movie <laughs> so though sweat may be dripping from peter gallagher's gigantic eyebrows he is a pro who acts damn through it yeah yeah damn right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so, all right. So that's it. So that's one through. December night. Now, do you recommend it? Who do you recommend it to? Do you not recommend it? Who do you not recommend it to? I recommend it to Bruce Campbell, Completus, of course. 
because we like myself, I'm a huge Bruce Campbell fan, and I know there's many people. So for Bruce, just because you, if you're a Bruce Campbell fan, you just need to know it, and it is better than Alien Apocalypse. <laughs> uh, I mean, the truth, it is probably better than like a good third of Bruce Campbell's filmography. Through no fault of his own. I don't think we go that far, but it's definitely better than Alien Apocalypse. I mean, even Bruce Campbell thinks that movie sucks. Uh, he did that movie so he could make his own film, The Man with Two Screaming Brains. Oh, it's bad. Have you ever seen it? I have not, actually. Oh, my God. Do you want to watch a really bad alien movie? Oh, it is terrible. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is so bad. Well, if you can get through this, you can probably get through that one. I can, but it, I can get through a lot like, worse than this, maybe. Oh, I'm very, oh I, I've listened to your show. I don't feel it. <laughs> so, Christina, don't recommend this to Christina. It'll make her pull her hair out. Yeah, uh, this, this is not one for her. Or to yeah. me, for... Yeah, I, I I don't know who I'd recommend this to. It's, it's, like you said from the beginning, like, it is not offensive. It does respect um, Quinn's work, which is a nice change of pace for Hallmark but it's just really boring it, it there's nothing happens in this movie like yeah. nothing uh, and even the the one big tense moment isn't really a tense moment because of course we find out that uh you know the Bruce Campbell's dying and you know we don't want to and a very slow terrible death so that that the tension suddenly goes away because they got to deal with that so reconnecting with family and moving back into big red because okay we i I totally forgot to say that the house was in trouble you know if 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 they didn't do this show um the house would be also given up so i mean there was a lot at stake yet it felt like there was no stakes at all it's a good way of putting it and and i think so much of it came down to the really weird pacing it just, it didn't, it, it it moved at a weird clip where they just introduced certain, like, main storylines too late. They paid off the romance too early. Like, it just, there was a lot that could have been smoothed out, I think, before filming. But this one felt very rushed in that way. I, and cause, I guess maybe because it was first to be released of this, this year, it was one of the, like, first of the hallmark movies it wasn't even on hallmark though it was on hallmark, oh, it was hallmark murders and murder mystery i always want to say right? it's not murders and i always want to say murders and mysteries i don't think it's murders what is it, it like movies and mystery but in my mind i always say murders i always say murders and mysteries here. i think it's movies and mysteries uh you know and there's no mystery to be had in this movie no or murder. you know that's a really good point why was this on that network and was it just because here's something else that i do want to touch on before PG. we go well, there's the, you know, that that could have been it. The other thing, though, that I am, I do think is another trend, and I don't know if it's just that the the movies that I seem to be picking up on, um, or if it is overall, that there are a lot more movies about not 20-something characters, right? So in this one, you do have the young love interests, but this was sold on Peter Gallagher, Bruce Campbell. Um, the first one I did was sold on Leah Thompson, Christopher Lloyd. There's a, like a bunch more coming out. And this is also like Netflix has a Brooke Shields one. Like I I am seeing more for a quote unquote mat- more mature audience or with more mature actors in it. Yeah, I actually, I, I validate that because I actually noticed that this year, like Carrie Ellis and Brooke, yep, Brooke Shields are in that one. movie together and 
you know, and obviously they're going to have awesome chemistry together, uh, you know, so, and that movie is a hit, by the way, that, and I'm sure you're going to do oh, that yeah, later. Oh, yeah, it's on the list for next week. Yeah, so, um, I, 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 I wish I could recommend it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it, it is what it is. It, like yeah. I said, it. I, I think it's just if you're a Bruce Campbell completist, you could watch it. If you're a Dee Dee Khan fan, and there are <laughs> you get one scene with her, fans, so you yeah. get to see two. Well, there's two. Mm. You get two whole scenes with Dee Dee Khan, um, and and she plays almost the exact same lines in both movies. Yes, like, it's terrible. Anyway, but yeah, eh, well, you know, eh, we'll give it an E forever. Yeah, I wanted more. I feel like it could have been weirder. It could have been goofier. Um, it Again, it's not the worst, but it's pretty... It, it To me, this was not one um, that I easily got through in one sitting. You this know, you have Bruce work. Campbell in this film. And you dub his voice. You don't let him do slapstick, okay? Yeah. Bruce Campbell is one of the best slapstick actors out there, period. Yeah. Like, you know, and he does one scene of slapstick, which isn't even that big a deal. I mean, it, it, it just seemed like it misfired. I don't think they knew what they had with Bruce Campbell. And I still wonder, like, Peter Gallagher makes sense in this movie just because he is a singer. He is, like... He's this kind of role. This like there's an audience for Peter Gallagher. Like a lot of the Hallmark people think of him still from uh, while you were sleeping, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bruce Campbell, does, like it, it almost I wonder if it was supposed to be like John Schneider or somebody else in this part, and somebody canceled. And they're like, oh, we need somebody. Hey, do you, is it, do you know somebody? Do you know somebody? Like we need like a. An older guy um, who will work for cheap, but who, you know, will have a good attitude. And, like, some, like, 10th on the list was Bruce Campbell. And nobody knew who he was, but it was, like, the director or the producer's, like, nephew was like, hey, that guy's cool. Like, because it just doesn't seem like they understood what they had with icon, goofball, super weird, can improv, can do slapstick, can do physical comedy. Bruce Campbell, instead, they just give him the more serious part in this movie, which is just an odd choice all around. Well, but he actually wanted it, he said. And and it's because he's trying to, you know, he's Ash. We all know he's Ashley J. Williams. He will always be Ashley J. Williams for us, right? But he wants to, now that he, he, I mean, he's in his 60s, he wants to do something other than Ashley J. Williams. Now, he wasn't burn notice, but even then he was quirky in that show. So, I mean, like I said, I think they just misfired here. They had an opportunity and they didn't rewrite the script to fit Bruce Campbell into it, I think. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I'd agree. You know. So it goes, so it goes. That is One December Night, which is on Hallmark, not murders and mysteries movies. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for making, I was the one that brought this to you because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to watch the Bruce Campbell Christmas movie. And I'm kind of sad I did. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm glad I did. Uh, so thank you, Emily, for always sending me down these dark paths. Always with- my pleasure. Now tell everybody where they can find you. Ah, yeah. I have my own show. Um, it's called Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls perspective. Our next show will be the 15th of December. I'm sure this will air before then. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, we are going to cover uh, the passing of Stephen Sondheim and West Side Story and recap 
everything but movies because we always save our movies for January. Nice. Uh, but we're going to recap the year because this year was pretty wild. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of weird things happened. The last couple of years have been really weird, obviously. Um, so we get, we always do a recap show of like memes and, and TV. TV is always a big one and music and things like that. So that's on the 15th. Um, cool. And if you want to find me on the interwebs, you can go on to my uh, Facebook. Elizabeth Catherine Gray is my personal profile. I post a lot of stuff there. Um, but I also have some uh, side groups. Uh, we have the Rogues of Tashi Station, which is a small but significant science fiction group uh we have the fb film geek circle which started on myspace back in the day and the same core group of people are still in it to this day um and then halloween horror movie marathon madness aka the madness which just concluded its 14th season uh it's a annual horror movie watching contest um i've been doing ever since uh i've been doing like i said 14 years 14 years 14 years and lifetime like it's you know people watching horror films until their brains melt it's a (laughs) lot of fun good times all around well, it was a joy to have you. So everybody, uh, go find these places and have a good time. And, uh, you know, go put on your hat and your vest and roll up your sleeves and have a good time uh, ice fishing in the beautiful warm weather of upstate New York. Have a good one, folks, and happy holidays. Dark in the city, night is a wire. Steam in the subway. Earth is a fire Woman, you want me Give me a sign And catch my breathing Even closer behind In touch with the ground I'm on the hunt, I'm after you. Smell like a sound, I'm lost in a crowd, and I'm hungry like a dog.